0: Welcome to the Journal Hijabi podcast. I'm your host, Sidine. and here we're all about elevating the voices of hijabi women in mainstream media through authentic storytelling. Without further ado, let's begin the episode.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more I think a lot of times, like, as hijabis, at least for me, you think that a lot of times people look at you a certain way. When somebody looks at me a certain way or says something to me, that I always attribute it to your hijab. But honestly, like, I think it's a confident booster for me, for sure, after all these years that you're, like, that sole person of faith, that you should be confident in your identity and that that should never hold you back from doing what you want to do just because you may, that people may be looking at you a little bit more because you're different.
0: Welcome, I'm Serene Cotter, host of the Journal Hijabi podcast. I created this platform to further strengthen our bond with the hijab. Journal Hijabi is a space where women can authentically and fearlessly be themselves. Join in on our weekly conversations with different hijabis where we discuss the stories of each hijabi and dive deep into the meaning behind it. You can support this podcast by simply leaving an honest review and sharing it with the people you know would love it. Let's begin. Welcome back to Journal Hijabi. I'm Serene, and this week's guest is Summer El Khodari. Summer is a graduate from the University of Evansville in Indiana. She majored in public health and is currently applying to different schools to become a physician's assistant. Summer is also the founder of a nonprofit called Cultural Communications, which aims to amplify the voices of marginalized communities. She hosts a discussion panel series in her hometown with minorities and marginalized communities, and in the wake of coronavirus she transitions her platform digitally and started a podcast called Amplify. I welcome you today, Summer.
1: Hi, Sari, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good, alhamdulillah. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast today.
0: Of course. I'm so excited to be talking with you today. And I first want to start off by describing your first memory of the hijab. So can you talk about the first time you chose to wear the hijab and what kind of experiences you you had with it
1: yeah so I started wearing hijab in the summer before I entered high school so I live in a mostly Caucasian city I don't have a very big Muslim community and so when I decided to wear hijab I actually have a twin sister and I have another family friend and we decided to wear it together the summer before we entered high school I went to a pretty small charter high school which was pretty diverse And so I felt comfortable going into that type of environment wearing hijab. And so we decided to wear it on the first day of Ramadan. And we've been wearing it ever since for around eight years now.
0: Oh, wow. That's such a nice story. And it's cool how you wore it. You said you went to a charter school. Is that like a private school?
1: No, no it was like the charter school is one of the top high schools in the country. It's like a pretty hard school and most of the population is pretty diverse. So we went to school with a lot of different cultural groups and a lot of different ethnicities. So I felt comfortable going into that type of environment because I felt like I would be accepted with my Asia versus maybe if I attended a public high school within my city.
0: Oh, okay. Is Indiana kind of like diversely populated? Do you have a lot of Muslims or hijabis in your community?
1: I would say we have a lot of hijabis in my community, but I live in a really small town. Like our our population's like probably a hundred thousand people, like one hundred twenty thousand. So I would say our Muslim populations maybe five hundred, a little bit more. And like most of the hijabis are probably going to be like like my mom's age. So like maybe I grew up with a couple other hijabis in my in my group so most of the people i grew up with are not palestinian because i'm personally palestinian but i grew up with a lot of desis and syrians
0: oh okay that's nice to hear because i always like to know in every state like are there a lot of muslims there or hijabis in the community because i actually never really hear of indiana so it's interesting that i get to talk to a hijabi from there so yeah. now that we've discussed your hijab story, I want to talk more about your nonprofit cultural communications. You mentioned that you participated in a pitch competition and made it all the way to the end, but then didn't receive any funding. But the interesting thing is that you turned that loss into something creative, and then you started your own podcast, Amplify, as an extension to your nonprofit. So can you speak more about that as a hijabi what was it like starting your own nonprofit and how are you able to turn a loss into something creative
1: Yeah so I think just I think there always needs to be representation within spaces and so being a hijabi in my in my small town starting a nonprofit I feel like I'm known a little bit in my community because there's not very many people that look like me that are highly involved in my community So, as far as, like, the podcast and kind of how the nonprofit started, you mentioned a lot of my story about being in a pitch competition and how, like, in the pitch competition, it wasn't what my nonprofit is now or even the podcast. So, there was, like, an – it was actually, like, a festival and – I kind of realized what aspect I liked of the festival the most. So one of it was those discussion panel series, like you mentioned and having deeper conversations because a lot of people already see the fun things about culture. So like the clothing you wear and the food, but nobody really has those deeper conversations and learns about what those types of groups of people go through. And so I knew I could cheaply find a space, get some food and have a conversation with people. And that kind of started. And then, when the when coronavirus hit, I didn't know exactly how I would transition my platform. I thought originally I would do like Facebook Live or something or like do like Zoom and broadcast it and people could log on and kind of participate in panels. But I thought that the podcast would be more accessible to people because they can listen at any time and I can bring multiple subjects and discuss more. So that's kind of how it started. So that started around March, and then it got released in May. So I worked on it for around two months before I released it.
0: Oh, wow. I love that idea. Like, it's so nice that you saw a space of, like, culture and community, and then you just wanted to create something that brings people together and just can have a nice conversation and and share food, and, and then how you extended it on In the midst of corona to become a podcast i just love that so speaking of podcasting when you told me that you have a podcast i was honestly so glad and excited because it was so nice to hear of another hijabi doing the same thing and i believe there aren't that many other hijabis who have a podcast i think i only know about three so as a fellow hijabi podcaster can you tell me more about the process of starting amplify were there any doubts or struggles along the way and how are you able to overcome them
1: yeah so i think just because this is my first time entering any type of digital space i was a little bit overwhelmed so i do have a nonprofit, so i do have a team of people helping me and it's not only me doing everything alone so i'm very glad but one of the things that i do do most of it is the editing of the podcast which is very hard And making sure you get volume and and cutting out certain things—that's the one of the biggest struggles. But I'm glad to have had a team. I have somebody that does graphics for me and and post everything on social media for me. That it's one of my good friends, and she does freelance art. And so I kind of recruited her to do all my media and everything for the nonprofit, and she transitioned to doing it for the podcast. And I have some other friends and family that are helping with posting and social engagement. And then another person that's helping me look up like social issues and people that they think would be good to talk on the podcast with. And so we're slowly expanding and and kind of trying to get into the space. It's definitely difficult just to I think one of the biggest things also is social engagement and making sure that you don't get a little bit disheartened when you don't get the viewership that you want. So I'm just learning to see, like, what's a good time to, like, how long the podcast should be, what issues do people want discussed, and, like, where my demographic is, like, where are most of my podcast people listening from. So that's kind of what is really been the biggest struggle for me, for sure.
0: Yeah, of course. I can relate about editing the podcast and, and putting things together and taking time. And it's nice that you have a team to help you out with that because I'm like a solo podcaster. And it was kind of hard at the beginning, like starting it off. But, you know, over time, you just kind of work towards it and, and get used to it. Your nonprofit cultural communications was created to amplify the voices of marginalized communities and you've specifically mentioned wanting to bring more inclusivity within spaces that are predominantly Muslim and Arab saturated. So can you talk about why this topic is so important to you and how are you able to make it happen?
1: So yeah, like I was saying, growing up, I grew up in a smaller town and I did grow up with a lot of Muslims. I was mostly around Muslims. but just because uh, when I went to college most of my friends went out of the area and I went to a predominantly very small liberal arts college that was mostly Caucasian and so a lot of times when I sought community I sought community from online so I would see community like on Instagram on Facebook to just to get like just to be closer to my religion to be closer to people that might relate to some of my personal struggles and I saw like in bigger towns where that community is already there that a lot of people don't necessarily want you to enter their spaces or might not be as welcoming as somebody that's like me like even when I go to bigger cities and I see hijabis at the mall or something like being from a smaller town we get really excited to see people like us but those people never get as excited as we do when we see them so (laughs) it just gets So it just gets a little bit interesting. So I think my piece of advice for people, I think if people reach out to you that's from a smaller city, that they're really looking for community. Like it's hard to develop community when you're in a small town and don't have very many people like you. So I would just say welcome people with open hearts because it may not seem like they need it, but they really do.
0: Yeah, I love that you were able to kind of step out of your comfort zone like when you go to cities and you kind of see the look on people's faces or just kind of get the vibe that you're not like welcome and it, that's what I love. It's just like all about stepping out of your comfort zone and doing what you have to do regardless of what other people think about it. So lastly, I want to ask what advice would you give to young hijabis starting their own nonprofit or starting anything, a small business, an idea? What advice would you give to them starting out?
1: I would say just take the risk. For me, I played it pretty safe my first two years of college, and I developed a love for culture and diversity. I actually brought Isra Shekid to my college campus my junior year of college, and that's when I really got into bringing diversity and having discussions about it. And so I just think, just take the risks, see what happens. Like the worst things that somebody can say is no, because I originally like pitched to get money from my student government and I got some from there. And then eventually I had an idea to bring, um, uh, it's Hajj to my school and I ended up getting the money for her, but it just didn't work out in the process. But I just say like people might be more open than you think to your ideas. So be, take the risk, be willing to pitch it and just see like what happens. I, I'm one of those people that failure doesn't really stop me so I kind of just take the risk, see what happens. The worst thing that people can say is no and there's always a plan. Allah always has a plan. so I would just say pivot and just just see what happens. I just I just don't think failure should ever like make you feel like you should never try to do something. And in terms of a nonprofit, I would just say, just make sure that your intentions are there, that you're not necessarily doing it for some type of status, but what you actually want to do with the, the nonprofit because nonprofits don't pay out the way that you think they do or they don't make you be perceived as, as what you think. So just do it for the right intentions. Make sure that what your mission is, that you really see it, that it's affecting people and that that that's what you want to do with it because otherwise you're not going to be passionate or motivated to continue on on the road for it for sure
0: that's so true i love that you talk about not really taking no for an answer and that if you decide to do something or create something and then you just fail in the process not to stop there but to kind of take it as like a learning curve and a lesson and i would like to also add the the perfection part of things you know there are perfectionists out there and i used to be one starting off my podcast i wanted I agree. yeah i wanted everything to just be perfect and so when i let go of that perfection i realized that i was getting more content out and i was getting more episodes out and more people were coming on my page and listening and exploring about what I had to say and I mean it does make sense because when you're just always after the perfect picture it's gonna hold you back because you're just going to exhaust yourself and then also like when you're starting out you don't have to be perfect because being perfect like you have to put in the extra work of making sure everything is perfect and then you don't really have that luxury when you first start out because you're gonna discourage yourself because you know in the beginning you probably don't really have a large following and so if you take so much time and effort into some content or a post or an episode and then you don't really have that large of an audience to begin with you know and then you just don't really get the likes or the views you'll also feel more discouraged you know so it's like okay I put in the hard work you know why isn't this paying off and so I would love to add that giving up perfection is also a great way to starting your own business and letting go of that fear or risk that you have of creating something.
1: Seems like you might be a type A personality like (laughs) me. So I would say yes, let go of the perfection because a lot of times perfection makes you procrastinate and hold you back like you said. So just continue doing what you're doing and making the mistakes and I think that's where that's where good things happen.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Do you have anything else you would like to add or talk about today?
1: I would just I would just want to end with that I think a lot of times, like, as hijabis, at least for me, like, you think that a lot of times people look at you a certain way, like, at least, like, when when somebody looks at me a certain way or says something to me that I always attribute it to your hijab. But honestly, like, I think it's a confident booster for me for sure. After all these years that like, that you're like that sole person, that, that you're a person of faith, that you should be confident in your identity and that that should never hold you back from doing what you want to do just because you may, that people may be looking at you a little bit more because you're different because a lot of times people want different now. So I think, just be confident in your identity and and i think good things will happen
0: oh yeah of course when you step in as a hijabi to public spaces you're always going to have someone look at you some type of way or look at you like you're different and then i used to always see that as a bad thing and like a discouraging thing but now i just take it as i'm not the problem you know i'm comfortable with myself i chose to wear the hijab and it's the other person who's looking that clearly has the problem and so you realize that it doesn't become your issue and you're fine and you're good and you can just enjoy your day and do anything and it's them that has the problem and so you just kind of take a step back from that situation and realize that you're not doing anything wrong and just being aware of that makes you move on with your day much more smoothly I would say.
1: I 100% agree for sure. Definitely their problem and not ours. I think be confident in your identity and just move on from the other people for sure.
0: It was so nice having you come on here today and speak about your experiences about the hijab and advice about building an idea into something even if, you had a loss. So where can people find you on social media?
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. First of all, so if they wanna find me, if they wanna find my nonprofit in my podcast on social media on Instagram, it's going to be at CulturalCom. So it's gonna Calm is going to be ending with two M's for cultural communications. And then on Facebook they can find us at Cultural Communications. And if they wanna find us, even if they wanna communicate with us through email, that's great. Um, So we have an email that's cultural communicate without the E at the end at gmail.com. And also our podcast is called amplify all caps. And I'm sure um, when Sadine uploads this podcast, I'm sure I can send her a link and it's pretty much accessible Mm -hmm. on all podcast platforms.
0: Thank you for tuning in and spending this time listening to this episode. If you could take one second to support this podcast by sharing it and leaving an honest review, it would mean so much to me and help us to reach many different audiences to spread our stories about the hijab. Let me know what you thought about this episode and tell me what you want to hear more of. Until next time, never forget the power of being a hijabi. Thanks for reaching the end of the episode. We hope you learned something new about the women who wear the hijab. You can watch the recorded video of this episode on YouTube at Journal Hijabi. And be sure to follow our Instagram at Journal Hijabi to stay updated on all things hijabi and help spread our stories. Until next time, never forget the power of being a hijabi.